Well, good morning. It's good to be here today. For those of you who I have not had a chance to meet yet, I might not be a familiar face. I'm Pastor Michael. I work with the students here, and I have the privilege this morning of starting off a new series with you guys. Uh, And so I just want to get right to it this morning. So who in the room likes to have it their own way? I do. So like, I like to have my burger cooked medium. I don't want medium well or well, that, that's burnt, you know, that's, that's, you lose the flavor that way, right? I like it that way. Or I like to, to watch this particular TV show at this particular time sitting in my chair, right? I've got that, that place at my house, right, where I, I want to sit up and I want to be there. Anybody can identify with that, I think, probably? Or have you ever gotten in the car and someone has moved your seat and someone has moved your mirrors, right? And you want it, oh, it's got to be right where you need it so that you can see, so that you can drive safely. We all want to have it our own way without having to give up something. This is especially true when we've had a long day or when we're tired or when we can't seem to catch a break. See, I know for myself, when I'm feeling the stress of life, when there are too many things on my plate, lack of sleep, I'm feeling the pressure to perform, I can get a little grumpy. And all it takes, it just takes one thing to not go my way, and I might lose it. I might lose control a little bit, right? So regardless, if life is good, or we're struggling, we want to have it our own way. But we know that life doesn't work that way. We don't always get our way. There has to be a little give and take. So we use this phrase, give and take, and it describes two people who want different things, right? So one person agrees to give up something they want, and they agree to something the other person wants, and then vice versa. It's a little bit of give and take. So we see this in our world, we see it in politics, hopefully, right, in some cases, right, where you're coming across the aisles to govern, or you see it in courtrooms where someone strikes a plea deal so they can catch the criminal. It might not be exactly everything they wanted, but at least they can get them behind bars. We see it in business deals. We see it in relationships. Friends are trying to choose a movie or where to eat, so there's got to be a little give and take. The partnership between husbands and wives That involves give and take, right? So you've got your dreams, raising kids, finances. You might not see eye to eye, and so you've got to have a little give and take. So what about faith? When it comes to our relationship with God, what does give and take look like? I want us to check out the words of Paul together this morning. And I think we're going to discover it means something different than what we usually see. Like I mentioned earlier, today we're gonna start a new series, Give and Take, All He Asks For Is Everything. So let's turn together or or open up your app. Let's look at Romans 12 together today. And while you're turning there, I wanna give a little background. Our author is Paul. Now we're first introduced to Paul in Acts chapter eight, and he's known as Saul the Pharisee. 
And Saul, he's, he's intent on obeying the Jewish law. He wants to be a good Pharisee. He's intent on extinguishing the Christian church. His job was actually to find it and destroy it, throwing men and, and women into prison. And even, he's described in the Bible as eager to kill. So what happened to a Pharisee who was eager to kill and destroy the church? What happened to a man who was so against the church who was willing to kill that now he was for the church? And he even wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Well, Saul met Jesus, right? And giving his life to serve him by taking and using his knowledge and his talents to build the church. So let's listen to the words written by a man who once was so intent on destroying the church by giving beatings and taking life, but now is intent on giving the church life and taking the gospel everywhere. Let's listen to a man who was once taking people to prison for believing in Jesus, but now he himself has been beaten and thrown in jail because his life was changed by Jesus. Let's listen to a guy who gave his body so that he might please God. So please stand with me and let's read this together. It'll be on the screen, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Thank you. You may be seated. For us to understand well Romans chapter 12, we need some context. We need to know what's happened before. We're going to look quickly at what happened in chapters 1 through 8. So Romans 1 through 8, they, they paint a picture for us of a God who loves sinful people. People are sinful, right? You and I, we're sinful. We choose our own way rather than God's way. And because of that, because of our sin, we know that we're separated from God. Because we worship things like money, our image, our power, or people, even ourselves. When we worship those things rather than God, it separates us, and people can't have a relationship with God. And we learn this, and we know this from Romans 3, 23, right? It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And as Paul keeps painting the picture in the book of Romans, we clearly see that while we're, we're in the wrong, God loves us anyway. And he gives us Jesus. And we see that in Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that's huge, right? That's such a big deal because God is taking our sin so that he can give us life. Romans 8, 1 says it this way. 
There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And with all this in mind, this is the key to me for us to be able to understand where is Paul coming from in Romans 12 and beyond. One of the commentaries that I read said it this way. I want to quote it. It says, we are at the top of the mountain looking to the other side. We have seen the process of salvation through Jesus. That's what we just read. Now, it's about results because beliefs and behavior are separate. Or excuse me, beliefs and behavior are not separate, but they go hand in hand. See, Paul, he's been given new life, and he's taken it, and he's run with it. So Paul starts to us in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, with an appeal. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. Have you ever been so excited about something or believed in something so badly that you wanted everyone to know about it so they can experience it? Well, typically, I would talk about LSU football, but we lost to a basketball school, and we didn't really show up last night with an FCS school. I think the Ohio State fans can understand where I'm going with this. So I'm going to choose something else. I'm going to choose disc golf. I love to play disc golf. It's kind of a stress reliever for me. You can just... You can go out there and you can just throw something as hard and as far as you want to without any reper repercussions unless you throw your disc in the woods and you gotta find it. But when I was learning to play disc golf, I wasn't very good. I couldn't throw very far. My technique was terrible. And so I got people to teach me. And as I practiced and as people taught me the right technique, as I watched videos and I got better and better, I got excited about it. And now I wanted to show all these people I was playing, look at this thing that I've learned, this technique that I've done. In fact, one time when I went home for Christmas, I took my nephew with me so that I could teach him to throw and, and watch him get better. I was just so excited. I wanted, I wanted him to, to understand. See, and this is Paul's heart. This is what Paul, this is why he's urgently pleading with us in verse one. But why? Why is Paul appealing to his readers in Rome. It's because of the mercy of God. See, Paul's appeal comes out of the mercy that he was given as Saul. He was the persecutor of the church. He was the rule follower who was trying to take his salvation by following the rules. He was the one who, who he thought he was right and everybody else was wrong. He was the one that Jesus pursued and rescued from sin. Paul's urgent plea on top of the mountain, looking down because he's seen Jesus rescue him, and that calls you and me to action. How many of y'all have ever been whitewater rafting? Anybody in the room? Whitewater rafting is exciting, and, and about 10 years ago, I was supposed to go whitewater rafting. But unintentionally, I went whitewater swimming instead. It's not fun. I don't recommend it. I was in the Ocoee River in Tennessee. This was about my 25th time whitewater rafting, going from a youth to taking students as a youth pastor to going with friends. I really like water rafting, even though I'm scared to death every time I get in that boat. But in all my 25 times, I had never fallen out. And the thing is, they tell you the statistic, one out of seven people falls out of the boat. And so you're looking around and you're counting, who's it going to be, right? But I had never fallen out until this day. 
And in this day, I rode a half mile of white water outside of a boat. Again, not fun. And here's the thing, if you've ever fallen out, <laughs> you're gonna learn really quickly that yes, that life vest, it supports you and you float. But as you hit rapids, you go underwater, water goes up your nose. It's not, a, it's not very fun. Because what they tell you to do when you, when you fall out of a boat, they tell you to get in what they call whitewater swim position. So that you want to get your feet up so they can't get trapped by rocks. You want to get your feet up and pointed down the river with your feet together. That way you can't receive a rock where you're not supposed to. So you are, and then you stick out your arms, and so you're paddling like this. Well, let me tell you, in whitewater, when you're doing this, it doesn't work. You, you, you're not, you're trying to swim to this, it, it doesn't work. And, and I'm sitting here and I'm watching all my friends, like we all fell out of the boat, the whole thing flipped. We did something really dumb, and we all flipped and we fell out of the boat. And they're all flying by me, and I'm just, oh man, so I think, this ain't working, and I just turn on my belly and I just start swimming as hard as I can to the side. And I find this branch and I cling to this branch and I'm just holding onto this branch. And I'm scared and I don't like where I am right now because I'm supposed to be in that boat. Well, I look up and one of my friends and, and, the, and the, the guide had gotten back in the boat and they had one paddle and they're paddling around to get everybody and they finally get to me. Man, I was so thankful to get in that boat. I was so happy to be rescued. See, and this is the lens that Paul sees salvation through. Paul knew that he didn't deserve to be rescued. Paul knew he couldn't earn salvation. Paul knew that Jesus gave his life to take away his sin. So Paul was thankful, just like I was that day. See, and this is the reason that Paul calls us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. This is the reason Paul wants to give his life as a living sacrifice. I love the way the message puts Romans 12, one through two. Listen as I read this, it says this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. See, we are called to take our everyday, ordinary life, so our parenting, our hanging out with friends, our jobs, our school, our retirement, our sports and clubs, our free time. And you can add to the list, but we're called to give all of that to God as an offering. Can I be honest with you? I don't always want to do this. 
I don't want to give my free time. It, it's mine. I earned it. I worked hard this week. I'm tired. I, I want to do what I want to do. Or I don't always want to give my money. It's mine. I earned it. I've worked for this. I want to buy this new shiny thing that, that I think will make me happy. I want to seek after things, right? Don't we do that? We want to seek after things that we think will give us happiness. And what we're doing is we're offering our bodies to happiness, to things that we think will make us happy. But that will never work. Dr. Derwin Gray, I want to quote him, he says this, happiness is, is about letting Jesus form you into the person you were created to be. In order for you and I to be happy, it's not about the things. It's about letting Jesus form us into who he's called us to be. So we need to understand if, if I've been rescued as a Christian, my life, it's not my own. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says this. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? whom you have from God, you are not your own. For you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And so here I am, I'm wrestling with giving to God what he has bought with a price. Here I am giving myself to things that I think will make me happy. But they actually take my happiness which is why Paul calls us to do all of this as a living sacrifice. Living meaning each and every day. And sacrifice meaning total commitment, no compromise. See, if Paul appeals to us to do things that we might not want to do. In view of God's mercy, you and I were called to give our lives, everything that we are, because Jesus rescued us, taking our sins, giving us salvation. See, Paul wasn't about compromise. Paul was willing to give everything, and this is a very different idea of our give and take. So it leaves us all with a question. All God asks for is everything. Are we willing to give it? I want, I want us to consider some things. Maybe you want to consider this the take-home test. Maybe you want the, the, the to-do list that you have or how you want to apply this. But I want us to consider some things. The first thing is this. Consider the sin that God has taken from you. Think about what it costs. Think about the life that Jesus gave up to take our sins. Think about how sin takes happiness. And, it, and, and what it does is it actually gives us chains. It chains us to the things that we think will make us happy that don't. Think about being intentional. And what I mean by that is when it comes to our sin, are we intentionally getting on our knees and praying, God, here's where I struggle. Here's my sin. Here's what holds me back. Or are we just relying on willpower? 
Oh, I can handle this. I can do this. I've got this. You and I, we need to be intentional with getting on our knees and and praying about that. Another thing to me about intentional is accountability versus secrecy. The Bible calls us to, to bear our sins one to another so we can pray for each other. Can you imagine if the culture of our church, if the culture of our small groups was so that we could share with each other in our small group, this is what I'm struggling with. Will you pray for me? Will you help me? Will you hold me accountable? Versus the snickering or talking about someone or reacting, oh, I can't believe that person's doing it. Or did you hear? What if it was just this culture where we were like, We want to follow Jesus. None of us are perfect, so let's all help each other because we all struggle with different things. And maybe we've struggled with something and and Jesus has brought us through it and now we can help somebody else. Imagine if that were the culture of our church where we could do that together and build each other up. Second thing I want you to consider is this. Consider eternal life that God has given Are you playing the long game? What I mean by that is when it comes to sin, it's usually like it happens in a moment, right? And and that temptation happens, and then we might get a little pleasure from a little while, but when we think of the long game, it really hurts us. Are we playing the long game and thinking of eternity? Maybe that helps us get through our sin when we go, I'm only here for a short time. But let me think about eternity. Let me think about what God is preparing for me. And maybe that helps us do that. See, because salvation, eternal life, what a great and undeserved gift. And maybe there are some of you out there who you're going, what is this gift that we're talking about? What is, what is salvation? And so I want to encourage you, if that, maybe that's your question, come find a pastor after, maybe a small group that you have, and let's talk about what salvation through Jesus is. The third thing I want you to consider this. Ways that you can take your everyday, ordinary life and give it to God. In other words, what don't you want to give up? Here's what that might look like. For any children in here, maybe that's sharing the last popsicle with a brother and sister or a friend. Maybe that's sharing your toys by donating them. See, I know a family that whenever they get a new toy for their child, their child donates one. Rather than collecting and having all these things, they give something up. For students, maybe you sit with someone who's lonely at lunch. Maybe you befriend an outcast. Think about Jesus, right? Jesus, who did he hang out with? We, we just read, we, Andrew just read a story about the woman everybody snickered at and talked about and didn't like And yet, she was an example of love. And Jesus often accepted outcasts and ate with them and loved them, and they were changed. Imagine if we were willing to give up our image and our status to do that. Parents and adults, who needs an ear at work? You know, when someone, maybe you know, they're they're going through something, but you don't have time that day, or, oh, you just don't feel like dealing with it right now. But who needs an ear at work? Maybe where you as a Christian can speak into their life and hear them and love them. Or who needs encouragement that you can visit? Take some of your own personal time 
And you go and you visit them and you encourage them because things are going on in their life. What can you give of yourself and take to others? See, imagine if as a church we gave ourselves to God and we served others. Imagine if we gave our time and our talents to take the gospel to the community. Imagine if we gave up our preferences so we could take Jesus into the office, the school, whatever environment that we spend our time in. And instead of making it about us and what we like, we made it about other people. We lived as a living sacrifice. See, because when we do this, we truly worship God with our lives. Let's pray together. God, you are good. (laughs) You have rescued us. You have called us. You have taken that sin and you've taken it away from us and you've given us salvation. Lord, may we consider this, may we consider this cost. Lord, may we each examine our own life and see how can we be intentional? How can we step up and give our life as a living sacrifice? Would you show us those things? Would you teach us those things? Lord, would you create a culture and a community around us where we can go to people and say, I'm struggling with this. I need help with this. And what will happen is that is it will help each other. And we'll love each other so that we can be more like Jesus. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you for being here with us today. Those of you in the room, those who are online. And I hope that you have a great week. And I hope this week we can all just take that next step and live our life as a living sacrifice. Thank you for being here. You are dismissed.